Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. It's time for Lombardi Memory. So to take you back in time, into January February, the greatest one day spectacle in all of sports. This is the Every Other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50 plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive by drive, play by play, through the most traumatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at TommyAPhillips.com where you can find all of my books. Those include Nifty 90, the stories of an amazing decade in pro football history, which covers this 8th Super Bowl of the decade and the next two as well. Today we have Super Bowl 32, which was held on January 25th, 1998 at Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego between the five-time AFC champion Denver Broncos and my favorite team, the 12-time world champion Green Bay Packers. If you're looking for the full story of this 1997 season, pick up my Nifty 90s book and you'll learn more than you ever wanted to know about that year and the rest of the 90s. As always, we will pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is, the NFC won the coin toss at Super Bowl 32. How many times in a row did the NFC win the coin toss starting with this one? Here's a hint. One of the teams in this game was also in the last game the NFC won the coin toss. The answer will come at the end of the podcast. Denver was coming off one of the biggest upset losses in playoff history as they lost to the second season Jacksonville Jaguars in their only playoff game of 1996. How did they rebound from that? The Broncos won their first six games of the season to go into the bye week at 6-0. They were at 11-2 going into a big game in Pittsburgh. That's when things seemingly fell apart for the Bronx. They lost decisively to both Pittsburgh and San Francisco, and when they dropped out of first place and ended up as a wild card, at 12-4, Kansas City took the division at 13-3. And remember, 
Only the 1980 Oakland Raiders had ever won the Super Bowl as a true wild card. The Broncos got revenge on Jacksonville in round one, beating them 42-17. They then beat Kansas City 14-10 when the Chiefs couldn't complete a fourth down pass to the end zone late in the game. They sucked Pittsburgh 24-21 in the AFC Championship game, as the AFC title game losses began to pile up for Bill Cowher. Oh, and the Broncos did this with the ugliest uniform redesign in NFL history. The threads they wear now came from this season, and they are awful. I keep a mini Riddell helmet of the Broncos' old logo because it is so much easier on the eyes. Quarterback John Elway threw for 3,635 yards and 27 touchdowns as opposed to just 11 interceptions. He definitely deserved to be in the NFL MVP conversation. Same with running back Terrell Davis. He ran for exactly 1,750 yards and 15 touchdowns. Oh, and tight end Shannon Sharp and receiver Rod Smith both caught at least 70 passes and went over 1,100 receiving yards. This team wasn't just your garden variety wild card. They just happened to be in a division with a 13-3 team. 1997 Broncos have a good argument for being the greatest wild card team of all time. And then there were my Packers. They suffered a horrible loss in Week 2 in Philadelphia when rookie kicker Ryan Longwell missed a chip-shot field goal. The Packers were just 3-2 and two after five games. They then came to life, surviving a two-point conversion by Chicago in Week 7 for a one-point victory, sweeping the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Minnesota Vikings, getting sweet revenge on Dallas in a 45-17 route and finishing the season 13-3 with the number two seed in the NFC. The Buccaneers got a three-match against the Packers in the divisional round, and again, the Packers downed the Pirate ship. The Pack won 21-7 to advance to the NFC Championship game in San Francisco. The Packers completely dominated that game from start to finish, winning 23-10 to advance to their second straight Super Bowl. Quarterback Brett Favre won his third straight NFL MVP award this season, albeit sharing it with Lions running back Barry Sanders. Favre threw for 3,867 yards and 35 touchdowns, which marked the third most touchdown passes of a NFC quarterback since the merger. Of course, he held spots one and two. His top receivers were Antonio Freeman and Robert Brooks, both of whom went over a 1,000 yards. Running back Dorsey Levens came into his own, rushing for 1,435 yards and seven touchdowns. Defensive back Leroy Butler picked off five passes to lead the team, and defensive end Reggie White led in sacks with 11. 
This Packers team was absolutely loaded, and it was no surprise when they were installed as 11-point favorites for this Super Bowl. The Packers won the toss, and Freeman returned it to the 24. Farr barely avoided a sack and an intentional grounding call on second down, and he converted a third and long with a 13-yard pass to Freeman. Levens followed with a 13-yard run on his own, and then Farr hit Freeman for yet another 13-yard gain. Farr then went to the back of the end zone where Freeman made the catch and barely got both feet in bounds for a 22-yard touchdown. The Packers were up 7-0, and it looked like we were on our way to another big NFC victory. But Denver didn't flinch. Running back Vaughn Hebron returned the kickoff to the 42. Davis ran twice to get 8 yards, then he caught a pass out in the flat for a first down at the Packers' 46. Elway threw three straight incompletions, but on the last one of those Packers defensive end Doug Evans got called for holding. With the first down, Davis took advantage, running off the left side for 27 yards. Elway scrambled for 10 more, then two plays later, Davis punched it in from the one to give the Broncos a 7-7 tie. Far through an interception to defensive back Tyrone Braxton, and the Broncos got the ball at the Green Bay 43. Davis took a pitch for 16 yards, breaking tackles as he went. Elway then hit Sanders Sharp for 9 yards. Davis got two more first downs on runs, but then he had to come out of the game for some reason. Was it a concussion? Was it a migraine headache? The NBC crew couldn't say for sure, but when the Bronx came out for the first play of the second quarter at the Green Bay 1, Davis was back in the lineup. He was only a decoy, though. Elway faked it to him, then ran in a bootleg on the right side for a one-yard touchdown to put his Broncos up 14-7. Broncos defensive back Steve Atwater sacked far and forced the fumble, which defensive end Neil Smith recovered for Denver. The Broncos really didn't go anywhere in the next three plays, though, uh, but an apparent penalty that should have been called hands to the face where Packers defensive tackle Gilbert Brown got grabbed by his face mask. It wasn't called. So that allowed the Broncos to remain in field goal range and kicker Jason Elam made the 51-yard kick to extend the Broncos lead to 10. And um, I can't be certain about this, but I think Elam's kick was the second longest in Super Bowl history behind Steve Christie's in Super Bowl 28. But there might have been another one. I'm not sure. Uh, The Packers went three and out after three Levens runs. But then the Packers managed to force a three and out on their own, and Broncos punter Tom Ruin kicked it down to the five. The Packers then put together an epic drive. Tight end Mark Chamora made a circus catch for a first down at the 26. Levens burst for 15 yards, then Farr found Brooks on a quick pass for another first down. Next, Farr went 
to Freeman for another first down and to Chamura in the flat for 11 more. After the two-minute warning, the Packers soon faced third down. Levins took the carry and broke tackles to the 10 to pick up another first down. And now far through the ball to Brooks, he got down to the 6. Then far rolled to his right, fired to the corner of the end zone. Touchdown Packers, Mark Samora. The Packers had gone 95 yards in 17 plays, holding the ball for nearly seven and a half minutes. At the half, the score was Broncos 17, Packers 14. To start the second half, Davis fumbled and the Packers recovered. Ford then threw a pass right to Atwater, but he dropped the easy interception. The Packers settled for a 39-yard field goal by Ryan Longwell, only to have Denver jump offside and give them a first out. But two penalties on the Packers later, they were kicking again. This time, Longwell made a 27-yard field goal to tie the game at 17. Both teams went three and out on their next possession, but on the Packers' punt, the Broncos jumped offside again. That was okay for Denver, though, because they just went out and stopped far again, and they got the ball back at their own eight. Elway then put together one of his patented epic drives. First, he threw the San and Sark for a first down. Davis ran for two more first downs. Then Elway went deep for receiver Ed McCaffrey for a 36-yard gain. McCaffrey made another catch, this one for nine yards, and another first down. After a pair of Davis runs, the Broncos faced third down and medium. Elway was forced to scramble, and he dived for the first down. As he did, he clasped into two Packers who spun him into the air like a helicopter. The first down opened things up for Davis to pound in from one yard out, to cap a 92-yard drive and give Denver a 24-17 lead. That meant there were two touchdown drives of over 90 yards in this game. One for each team. On the kickoff return, Freeman fumbled after getting hit by defensive back Tony Veland. Defensive back Tim McKire recovered for Denver at the 22. But... As Elway immediately went for the kill, he got too greedy and had his pass to the end zone picked off by defensive back Eugene Robinson. The Packers got the ball back to start the fourth quarter. Farr struck back quickly. First, he hit Freeman for 25 yards to the Green Bay 40. He then pumped fake before going to Brooks for a long pass that fell incomplete. But Broncos defensive back Darian Gordon was called for a 25-yard pass interference flag. Barr hit a wide-open Freeman for a first down. Then he went to the end zone to Freeman for another touchdown, and the score was now tied at 24. What people forget about this Super Bowl is how uneventful much of the fourth quarter was. The Broncos went three and out, and the Packers got just one first down before punting it back. The Broncos put together a better drive with Davis running two first downs and Sharp catching another, but that drive too ended in a punt. 
The Packers' ch chances faded when they were called for holding and a false start on the next drive, and they were forced to punt from deep in their own territory. Denver took over at the Green Bay 49. Packers defensive tackle Darius Holland got called for a personal foul face mask penalty, one that really hurt the pack. LA found fullback Howard Griffith for a first down at the nine as the game went to the two-minute warning. In a bizarre sequence, Davis ran the ball down the left sideline to the one-yard line on two consecutive plays. On the first one, the Marcus were called for holding, but the second one, there was no penalty. Davis was out of bounds at the one. So the Broncos had second down from the Green Bay one. Now, Packers head coach Mike Holmgren deserves to be in the Hall, Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I will keep beating that drum until he's in. However, in this situation, he decided to let the Broncos score, and I think that was the wrong decision because the Packers still had two timeouts left. They could have used both of them if they were able to make a stop. As it turned out on the Packers' final drive, one of their timeouts got burned anyway thanks to an injury. Holmgren sort of stacked the defense and tried to get a stop. A 27-24 game would have been totally different, and the Packers ended up getting into field goal range at the end of the game. So if they had made that stop, uh, things might have been totally different, but instead he let the Broncos score. Davis walked in for a one-yard touchdown, setting the Super Bowl record for most touchdown runs in a game with three. The Broncos led 31-24. Uh, what was funny is watching it, uh, Paul McGuire, NBC announcer, was just shocked at how easy it was for Davis to pile into the end zone, not realizing that the Packers had just let him score. So the Packers got the ball back at their own 30 after a Freeman return. Far through a screen to Levens, who broke a tackle and got 22 yards into Denver territory. Went right back to Levens, gaining minimal yardage, and forced the call timeout with 1-11 to go. Out of the timeout, far went to Levens again, this time picking up 13 yards to the 35. But the Broncos kept taking away all of the Packers' receivers, meaning that Farr had to go to Levens for a fourth consecutive play. He got to Denver 32, and that was the number that forever haunts the Green Bay Packers. Super Bowl 32, 32 yards from the game-time touchdown. We know what happens next. Farr throws three incompletions. Linebacker John Mobley breaks up the last one. It's too hard for me to talk about how it ended. Let's just get it over with. Denver 31, Green Bay 24. Davis was an easy choice for Super Bowl MVP with his record-breaking three rushing touchdowns and 157 rushing yards. If I were to give it to a second player, I would not give it to John Elway, as you may expect. No, I go with Steve Atwater. He had the sack and forced fumble afar. He had countless big hits throughout the game, including one on the penultimate play. 
The way he played football, he'd be ejected in a heartbeat in today's game. His hits were violent collisions. He set the tone in that defensive backfield for Denver, and that's why Farr was forced to continually throw this dump the ball off the levens. Atwater gets my second best MVP award for this game. As for the MVP of the losing team, I'm not giving that the far, even though he's my favorite player ever. Nope, I'm going with Antonio Freeman, who caught nine balls from 126 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, he did lose a fumble, but his performance was ridiculous in this game. And get this, all the other Packers wide receivers caught a combined four passes for 22 yards. Freeman was the exception, lighting it up. Who is the LVP, the least valuable player? I'm going with Robert Brooks. He caught just three passes for 16 yards on 11 targets. That is absolutely dreadful. No wonder Freeman was forced to play out of his mind. Far no help from Brooks, which is a credit to Denver defense. But Brooks couldn't step up in the biggest game of his career. And remember, he didn't play the previous year because he was injured. The biggest play of this game was not Elway's helicopter run. That, that play is the most famous play, but it's not the one that changed the game as much as Braxton's interception in the first quarter. That completely changed the momentum and made it clear that far that he wasn't going to tear apart the Denver defense like he did to New England a year before. Braxton's INT set up an LA touchdown run and Denver went up by seven. The biggest play you don't remember could have been that one, but I'm going with Atwater's strip of far. Again, the only play anyone thinks about is that LA helicopter play. But these turnovers proved more important. Atwater's strip set up a long field goal by Elam to put Denver up by 10. It also completely destroyed the notion that the Packers had that they were 11-point favorites and they were just going to cruise for this game. It broke their will. Credit Denver head coach Mike Sanahan on an expert game plan. Who is the best player you don't remember? I'll go with Tim McHire of Denver. The longtime 49ers defensive back recovered a fumble in this game, the final one of his illustrious NFL career. Success followed McHire wherever he went. He won two Super Bowls with San Francisco. He was a part of that exciting underdog 1991 Atlanta Falcons team that made it to the divisional round. He was there in Pittsburgh when the Steelers won in 1994 when they won the number one seed, got home field advantage, made it to the AFC Championship game. Then he concludes his career with the Broncos and earns a third ring. After the game, Broncos owner Pat Bowen presented the Lombardi Trophy to his long-suffering quarterback. This one's for John, he said. Eighteen years later, with Pat suffering from memory issues, the Broncos won the Super Bowl again. Elway, now an executive with the Broncos, said, This one's for Pat. Both were touching tributes to the men who brought 
Denver to these titles. Only, I never heard this once for John. I immediately ran to bed to cry myself to sleep. The Packers won the coin toss in this Super Bowl, as well as in their next Super Bowl, 45. In between, the NFC won every single coin toss. That made it 14 years in a row with the NV NFC winning the coin toss, which is the answer to today's pop quiz question. The Broncos broke a most, much more important streak, though, the one in which the NFC had won 13 consecutive Super Bowls. Now the AFC was back in the game. Finally, it's homework time. I have a good one saved up for next week. So for this week, I recommend the coffee table book, 60 Seasons, a retrospective of Denver Broncos football. I love coffee table books. I have way too many of them. The Broncos are technically the oldest team in the NFL that has played in one and only one city throughout their entire existence. I could make an entire podcast just about that fact. I have a bunch of books over at my website, TommyAPhillips.com, that I love for you to check out, read about the 80s or 90s in the NFL, or find out about all Penn State's bowl games. You can even read up on golf or anime conventions. Again, that's TommyAPhillips.com. Until next time, when John Elway goes for two, this is Tommy A. Phillips signing off. So long. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.